Welcome down to this week's episode of Paddy Talks Golf, powered by 4Golf Custom. So get your tour-level experience fitting at 4Golf.ie forward slash booking. You might see him this week on Seamus Power's bag, where they've been an ever-present for years. So yeah, tour-level, no joke. This year's, this year's, this week's podcast, this isn't an annual thing, it's a weekly thing. So thanks for pressing play this Saturday morning, 10 o'clock. Same bat time, same bat channel. You've hopefully pressed play because you've recognized the name, or maybe you're interested in finding out loads more about Sarah Beth Coulter, or Beth Coulter as she's known as. Champion, champion elite of um, women's golf there last week at Grange in the Irish Women's Clothes Championship. Her third time of asking, came second last year, went in as the favourite and reveled in that expectation. Although, she wouldn't admit that. Um, she's quite a humble humble and honest uh, person. Just turned 18. Thinks five years is, an, is a long time. <laughs> but um, did we all when we were 18 years of age. Uh, fantastic to speak with this week. Big plans, big goals. Uh, and shared with us how golf can still be fun. Uh, her approach to big, big events like next week's Women's Amateur over in England. And yeah, she likes to keep it fun and tells us all about her, what she's looking forward to in Arizona as she's incoming Sun Devil uh, later this summer. So sit back, relax, pour the cup of coffee or the cup of tea, maybe on your walk, maybe you're on the way to the golf course or Beth, if you're on your way over to England, hope you enjoyed the show. All right, roll it there, Colette. I mean, listen, we're talking about practice. Joe Bradley told us the production line was finished in Kerry. Where's Joe Bradley? What did he get at? Donald Donovan is the left cornerback. He hits it. He hits it. It's over the bar. Oh, holy Moses. It's all on this. Round and over. Oh, Beth Coulter, are you ready to tee it up? I am, yeah. Deadly. Now, for anybody listening, uh, Beth was playing a camogie match. So her voice, she must have been roaring and shouting or, or giving out because the voice is a bit husky today. But uh, we'll keep, like I told you, we'll keep it to a low level now, nice and nice and quiet podcast today. All right, Beth. Perfect, thanks. No fear. Um, I went through the Wagger rankings, right? Irish Lays Plus Champion last week, 2022. Congratulations. Irish Girls Cross Champion 21, second in the Irish Women's Open Championship 2021, second in the RNA Amateur Championship 2021, and very good results in the Amateur Championship for women in last year and the year before, first time we played it. Um, is golf still fun for you, Beth? Or is it too serious now? Uh, it's definitely getting a lot more serious, you know, than probably whenever I started out. Um, I think, you know, you have to try your hardest to keep it as fun as possible. And um, I think we do a pretty good job of that. You know, last week we went down to the close and um, Anya Donegan and Anna Foster, you know, we all shared, you know, one place and we'll do the same this week. Um, although it's very individualised, um, you know, we try and keep it um, very fun and um, team team orientated, I suppose, um, which I love. So, yeah, I think it's still really fun. And what do you do to keep the the game fun then? Uh, I think traveling together and playing practice runs together, you know, and these people become a big part of your life. Um, and, you know, the crack's always good um, and, and we're all great friends. So, um, 
yeah, I think it's it's about building those friendships and, and sort of um, building the golf around that. 100%. We'll get into Grange and, and Close Champion in a little bit. I want to find a little bit more about you, if that's the right first. Um, and there might, we might talk about GA, considering Camogie's already come up. But firstly, what's your earliest memory of golf, Beth? Um, my earliest memory of golf, to be honest, is probably um, right back to where it all started um, in our local primary school. Uh, the pro at the time came into the golf club or into my primary school and um, it was all very fun you know we have a very rural primary school um, golf doesn't really exist down where I live um, so yeah we just joined and um, my earliest memory is these plastic golf clubs that he brought in and he had this big suit that was like a a stick like a sticky thing I suppose um, on these tennis balls and he's just standing there in the middle of like a parish hall um, like a like a starfish, and you know there's ten of us absolutely nailing these tennis balls at him to to stick to him. I suppose I remember after um, it was like a challenge at the end, you know, keep things fun, and um, the winner got drumsticks. Um, so I was delighted, you know, um, and that's definitely my earliest memory. And that's nice to have. It, it gives me uh, some ideas to do with my two-year-old Sophie, maybe in a couple of years' time. Um, <laughs> dr- drumsticks will definitely be involved. <laughs> um, and then when did that transition to actually getting into the game then from, let's say, that parish hall? How did you get into the game of golf then into a golf club and, and like an average addict to the game? <laughs> yeah, so uh, that programme was six weeks. So it was like after school on a Monday or something. And the very last week we went down to the golf club. And, you know, this was something completely new for me. I'd never been on a golf a golf course in all my life. And none of my family play golf um, or anything like that. So it was nothing that I was ever exposed to. Um, and then the pro at the time, Neil Graham, had actually said to a couple of my teachers and my parents, you know, um, they had like a summer programme on Tuesdays and Thursdays, you know, a bit of coaching competitions. Um, so I joined for the summer. And I remember getting my first set of golf clubs and I actually still have them. Um, and the bag was only probably about two or three feet in height. Um, and, you know, it's nice to kind of have all those things. So it was probably that summer then that I was um, down, you know, spending all my days at the golf club, um, just practicing and trying to get better because obviously everybody kind of starts out the same place. But it was kind of nice to be able to play camogie, to have that hand-eye coordination going into it. And uh, obviously you still play camogie, given you're playing this week. Did you have any qualms playing that camogie match now yesterday with the big tournament on next week where like whatever happens will happen? Uh, no, um, I've been very lucky, Touchwood. I've probably been playing camogie since I was about three. Um, and I've never, ever been hurt, Touchwood. Um, but, you know, coming home on Wednesday night, um, I was really looking forward to, you know, getting back out on the pitch on Wednesday and playing a match because... There's nothing more humbling or grinding than standing on a pitch, a senior camogie match, and people hurling abuse at you. Um, you know, they don't care if you're Irish Women's Close Champion or who you are, um, which I love. Um, and I'm just able to go out there and it's completely different. You know, that's girls that I've grown up since I was like three. Um, and it'll definitely always be a huge part of my life, even probably when I move over to America. No, absolutely. And I have a question about... Um being a son devil in a little while. So when did the kind of the golf take over the camogie then? As, it as never like a preferred sport. <laughs> never uh, has, it never has. <laughs> no, no, no. Um 
I think probably it got a bit more serious. You know, I played that summer and then probably the summer after. Um, and I was only probably about nine or ten at the stage. But I think it was probably when I was about 11, you know, I started playing like the Wee Wonders over in Scotland. Um, and I was actually over there at the St. Rill last week. And um, we had a look at the course, the range. They sort of used the range as on that course. And Dad was like, do you remember this? And I was just like, oh, my God, this was seven or eight years ago. And I was standing here and I was playing par fours that were like 70 yards. Um, so it's just crazy to think about how, you know, it's all kind of tumbled on and led into something so big. Um, but I remember probably when I was about, it was probably 11 or 12. Um, I think it was called the Horizon Programme then. Um, it was actually done in the Hermitage. And um, they had like these three tournaments at the start of the year. And I think... The first one was maybe the Carlo Scratch Cup, and it was like an order of merit. And um, the top three 14s and under 16s got to go to Wales to play for Ireland. And I remember the Scratch Cup, and I think at the time I shot like six over, which was crazy. At that time, it was like 42 points or something. Um, and that was kind of, we played on the Saturday, and then we were down in the Hermitage on the Sunday to find out, you know, who was going on the team. And I remember sitting there, I think, I didn't really know the girls at the time. Um, it was kind of general chit-chat, but I remember sitting there thinking, oh my God, I could go on this team. And then I got on the team and I was absolutely delighted. Um, and then I met the girls and I'm still really, really good friends to, the day, to this day, you know, with Anya and Anna and myself was the three under 14s. Um, so it's just crazy to think about how that was so long ago and it's just spiraled into something like this. I love you when you say it's so long ago and it's like four years. No, <laughs> it was like um, six, seven years ago. When last I six or seven years ago. No, no, I'm scared. Like, no, when, you're, when you're 35, you, you're, you'll see that's not very much time at all. Um, <laughs> um, come here to me. Do you play with boys much or male golfers much? Um, and if you do, is there anything that you like playing in that mixed format? Or is there, and is there one thing that kind of really, really annoys you that kind of always happens? <laughs> Um, I do actually because um, a lot of the boys growing up my age, I was always playing with them because I think every golf club struggles with you know the female um, representation in golf clubs. Um, so it's kind of boys a wee bit older than me, and then as as I've got older, the golf club let me play with the men on like a Saturday and a Sunday. So I was around men that were playing like senior cup when I was starting to get a bit better, um, and I loved it. You know, it's a lot more competitive and. They'd be standing up on tees doing things that girls would never dream of. If they lose a ball, they don't really care. They'd be hitting shots. You know, you'd go down on a Tuesday and you'd be having chipping competitions for hours. Um, and I think more this year and last year that kind of Golf Ireland has emerged. We are going away on more trips with the lads and it's just a completely different atmosphere. Um, they're so competitive and it's good crack and definitely, I, I, I definitely love it um, for sure, yeah. Anything that annoys you? Anything that annoys me? Probably the cockiness. They're so cocky. Yeah, you know, girls are kind of more um, more reserved and, oh, I don't really want to do that. But the boys are straight up with it. It's just funny. It's good crack, but gets on your nerves after a wee while. <laughs> oh, fear. Um, what was the compelling event to like, well, or was there a compelling event when you were like, I really want to take on golf and like this high performance elite golf approach was it being on that team as a as an under 14 or was there another time maybe more recently you were like yeah this is maybe the decision to go to the states over going to ul doing 
or, or Mary I doing a hate tip in education or something? Was there something that you were like, yeah, I'm going all in on America and golf for now? I think at the very start, it probably got a lot more serious when I did get on that first team when I was under 14. But I think it was maybe um, a bit more serious when I was in probably around 15, probably my first Irish girls in Galway. Um, I was 15 and I was, you know, I was four years and under 18. And I thought, God, I could really do this. And, and that was the year that kind of, the year after then in the June, you know, college co- coaches could start talking to you and things like that. And for somebody that lives, you know, in a rural place in Ireland, it's just crazy to think about that, you know, in two months time, I'm going to be moving over to Phoenix. Um, which all my friends think is crazy. You know, they think moving up to Belfast is the biggest thing in the world. And I'm like, guys, it takes me almost a day to get there. Um, so I think probably that there got a lot more serious. And um, I was probably pushing on to the girls' um, Irish team. And then I think maybe the year after or the year after that, I was pushing on to the women's team. And the step up from girls to women's then is also more serious. Um, it's a lot more... Um, it's like a whole new level, I suppose. Um, so I think now it's just about, you know, playing, getting the summer over me and then getting over to America and getting the wagger down as low as I can. Absolutely. So I'm going to go off on a complete tangent now, right? And I, just because you mentioned you're from the country a couple of times, we're going to have a bit of a culture off now because I am, if you went to Google Kilfenora, County Clare, yeah. Um, the, the 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 surrounding topography, uh, the closest shop. So if you look out your window now, this is the culture competition, right? Can you see another house? Uh, yes. Okay, so you're officially not in the countryside. Oh, that's fair enough. Okay. Um, the next house over the road for me is like a mile away. Oh, <laughs> like the next house. How f- are you under five miles to the closest shop? No. Okay, so you can say I'm from, from the actual country, yeah. but I'm the same. I, Paddy, I'm the same. Paddy, I have a sheep that's probably about six feet away from me. <laughs> about 200 of them. <laughs> no, deadly. No, no, because some people think, because I joke with my wife a lot, she's on from the countryside, but she's like 100 metres from the main road and a kilometre <laughs> to like a, to Super Valley. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so, yeah. And I agree with you. You know, some people think, oh, an hour and a half up the road. But you're just an awful lot of driving. But like <laughs> uh, once you do a bit of travel, you know, going to going to um Arizona is actually in the grand scheme of things, isn't that far? Um yeah. the world is getting smaller and smaller. Come here to me. What was it like going to Grange last week? Uh for the Irish ladies amateur close as the favourites. Um to be honest, I had a, a, a good start in the year, you know, I'd won a few scratch cups and a few um a few tournaments beforehand um, and then you know people were kind of saying to me oh such and such is really looking to see you in the Grange and blah 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 and it was kind of I played in Germany and I didn't play my best in the second the second round I kind of flung it everywhere probably the worst I've played in about three years and then I got there in the stroke play and I was like Jesus this is a bit of pressure um, and I didn't play my best at all and after the first round I was just like to be honest, Beth, you just have to get this round here in the second round and qualify for the match play. That's how bad it was. And um, then the first match, I just stood up in the first tee and I was like, right, this is a whole new tournament. It's match play. And um, I was kind of 
ruthless from the start. I think um, I got up early in most of my matches and I just kept my foot in the pedal. Um, but I suppose um, it's a women's event. You know, I've just turned 18 and it is a lot of pressure um, from everyone. And I'm putting it on myself as well um, to do well. It's kind of nice to be the favourite and into those things. Um, but it's definitely tough and it's probably something that I have to get better at dealing with. Um, but it was nice. I've probably struggled on the on the parkland courses because I'm so used to playing links. Parkland's probably well over an hour away. Um, so and there's only one links course. So um it, it was nice to be able to go down there and, and, and play well in the match play and, and explore a wee bit. Um, you mentioned you grew up with the, with the same kind of group of golf and uh, friends. And I, I think you beat a couple of your friends away to the final and then met, I think, Sarah Byrne in the final, who you played a lot of golf with going by Google Images and being on various teams together. How did you feel playing her in the final? Was it a good convo going around or was it pure business? I hate you from the first tee to, you know, the, the 14th green or wherever you beat Sarah. You know, yeah. how, how did you approach that final? And, or, you know, was it good banter or was it like... Tiger Woods, Zion, blinkers on, you know? I think we're so used to it now because, you know, Ireland's so small and it's always the same, you know, 30 or 40 people you see at all the tournaments and we've all became such good friends. Like last year when we played in Ballybunion, me, Anya and Anna Foster were sharing a house and me and Anna met in the final. So, you know, we woke up that morning and then three hours later we're on the golf course and it's just like, I want to beat the shit out of you. You beat the shit out of me, you know what I mean? Um, but with Sarah, um, you know, we won our matches in, in the morning. She had a convincing win, but I had a really tough match in the semi-final. And then we stood up on the tee and we sort of laughed walking to the tee and then we were chatting on the tee. Um, and it, it is serious. Like, it's the final. You have to concentrate. But in between shots, you know, you're having the crack. And she had her dad carrying for her. And I had a lady from the island because um, dad, dad was actually shearing sheep that morning. He was like, Beth, I can't come. And I was like, yeah, grand, no bother. You choose the sheep over me. That's grand. Um, so I think, you know, it's fine. And if we're both three feet from the hole and we're just like, Sarah, you're going to knock that in, Beth. You're going to knock that in. It's good, good. And you walk on to the next tee. Um, but no, it's it's kind of, it's we're great friends. And I don't really mind, to be honest. It's I love having a chat on the way around. So it was nice to, to play Sarah. I did think, though, at lunchtime, whenever I saw I was friend Sarah, I was like, Jesus, this is the third time she's out to get revenge here. Um, and I thought it was going to go her way, but it was grand. No, you definitely you definitely um, nailed it to the mass there last week. Um, current rankings are, you know, 165th in the world, 14th in, in European. I checked about 10 minutes before we had this podcast. Um, the RNA Women's Amateur Championship is next week in Hunt Stanton. I have no clue where that is. I hope, hopefully you do. Um, <laughs> will your approach mindset change? Uh, compared to the Grange, or how will you pre- prepare yourself now for next week? Um, well, I'm leaving today, so obviously it's the same format as last uh, as last week, um, and it's actually something I really enjoy. You know, stroke play and then get into the match play. But looking at the fields, getting to to next to next week, it's incredible. Like it's probably one of the best fields that we're going to see um, all year. Um, but I think it's just about getting over there. I've actually played Hunstanden before. It's over in Norfolk. We played against England there. And it's lovely. It's Lynx, thank God. And um, Can't be having the amateur in a parkland now, thanks. Absolutely not. No, no. And uh, 
we'll just get over there. We'll prepare, you know, sharing a house, obviously, with Anna and Anya. And um, we get out there in the stroke play. And it's just about, in the stroke play, obviously, you can't be taking your foot off the pedal. You know, it's a great feel. You have to get out there, out of the blocks quickly, um, qualifying for the match play. And then um, whoever you meet, you know, you have to get up, stay up and um, and see where it goes from there. Where we wish you the very best of luck. We'll be keeping tabs on it. Uh, and hopefully it'll be on YouTube like the, the men's is this week. I'm yeah. sure it will be. Um, Arizona State Sundevil. How excited are you for that? Yeah, I'm really excited. Um, I think it's probably six weeks away, maybe now, maybe eight. Um, it's really exciting. You know, I went over to visit in January and to be honest, the photos don't do it justice at all. Um, like I was sitting at the Starbucks on, on the campus and there's just thousands of people whizzing past you and like my near Starbucks is probably like an hour and a half away. So it's just crazy. Um, and I'm really excited because there's actually three of us getting in as freshmen and I'd be friendly enough with both of them already. So I think that that's a big help. Um, you know, you're good friends with two people before you already get over there. Um, and the facility, oh my goodness, like the photos genuinely don't do it justice. Um, just the the detail that they've went into, you know, put into designing it is is crazy. Um, so I'm really excited, you know, see how, how I get on as a person and, you know, where my golf goes from there because there's two great coaches there as well. Um, and, yeah, it's a big change, to be honest. Like, it's a completely different culture. Um, so, yeah, we'll just have to see see what happens. Well, anybody who asks me about moving anywhere, I always, it's the best thing you can ever do as a person is live abroad for a while. Um, and don't be afraid of moving away. And don't be listening to friends who might, you know, oh, sure, why would you be doing that? Um, because you're brave enough to, basically. Yeah. Um, you learn you learn how to cook for yourself, wash yourself, make friends, you know, learn a new culture. Um, and the school has to happen as well. <laughs> you know, uh, school has to happen as well. Um, what was I going to say to you? There's a, there's, Olivia was there for a few years. I'm sure she played a part in, in you going there. Um, would you have played much with Olivia growing up or... In Arizona, when you were over in January, what was the story? No, I didn't play much with Olivia growing up. Um, but it, when January, when when we went over to visit, um, we met for breakfast, and um, it was on probably like the second morning or something. And I probably do speak quite quickly, to be honest. But the team I was with them the night before, and we were just chatting the way we are now. And I'm not joking; you must have repeated myself fifty times. And after a while, it gets annoying, to be honest. And it was just fantastic to be able to sit down with Olivia and speak normally. Um, like, I didn't have to slow down, use different words or anything like that. And she's like, best seriously, like, you're going to have to completely change this in August. Um, because the coach, the coach, she, she, she said, yes, I had no problem understanding you until I actually spoke down, sat down and spoke to Olivia because everything just changes, like the whole humour and different words and being able to chat normally and much faster um but obviously with covid we didn't get to visit so obviously you get five official visits um but we had to sign and then you know go on our official visit um and it was great that olivia had sort of been there done that and done so well out there you know she's so successful she knows so many people out there um you know anybody that i met you know the coach was like this is beth she's she's irish and Oh, do you know Olivia? Like she's so many contacts out there. Um, and she was able to, you know, tell me things that other people wouldn't have been able to. Do you know what I mean? Like what about it, what she didn't like so much about it. And she's kind of like the in-between man, sort of as well. Like 
um, any of the forms or anything like that that I don't really understand what they want, want you know, Olivia's like, it's this, 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 and this, you know, send that back straight away. So definitely she's been a great help. Um, and it was definitely a big factor in, in being able to choose without a visit. That's brilliant. And it's something I'm interested in learning as well, more and more about is like the the expectancies of like collegiate got from the States versus here. Uh, and I'm halfway through the no laying up video of the Stanford team. Have you watched that? No, actually, I've, I've heard it's going around, but I, I need to watch it. There's, there's something you can download now and watch on the on your traffic for the rest of the day and tomorrow getting over to Hunstant. And it's, it really sets the scene for like, not only from a golf side of view, but also from a personal point of view and an academic point of view, like what the expectations are. It was really, really well done. So there's, you got something out of having a chat with me, maybe. Is watch that. It's about an hour and 10 yeah. minutes as well. <laughs> what, so what does the next few weeks at home look like for you? And obviously months is moving to America. What, is, what, did it, what does your calendar look like for the remainder of the summer? Uh, yeah, I was actually talking to some of my friends yesterday and they were like, you know, do you have any free days? You know, we need to do something before we go away. And genuinely, I hardly have a day free. You know, things are so busy with golf. And then if I'm not playing golf, you know, I have things plans with my friends. So next week, obviously, I'm at the amateur. Um, I come straight home. I have like a two week, two day break or something. I'm going to go to Coquille for the Irish girls. Um, hopefully then Europeans in Wales. Um, and then I have a couple day break and then it's European individual in France um, that takes me up to sort of the end of July and then start of August is hopefully Holmes is selected and then after that is British Girls British Girls finishes on the 14th and I have to fly to America on the 15th so just already there that's like probably four or five tournaments and that takes up like four weeks probably um, and then you have your days dotted in between that then you're doing this with this one and stuff like that and I think it'll be nice to I'm definitely pulling the Arizona cards like oh will you come out come out tomorrow we'll do something oh no I can't really be bothered oh geez but I'm, I'm going in six weeks and then it's you know they're there so um, it's great it's very busy and it's kind of kept my mind off things um, being so busy um, but it'll be interesting interesting to see Will you be bringing the hurls to Arizona? Oh, I definitely will. Yeah, um, the German, the German girl Paula. Um, I was out playing German girls last week, but she's too old to play. And we came home on the Sunday morning, and we were watching the Limerick and Clare match. And she goes, "What's that there?" And I goes, "That's Kamogi." You know, I play that. And she goes, "Kamogi." And I goes, "Yes, this is called hurling." I was like, "Don't you worry, I'll bring you over a hurley stick." Um, so a hundred percent, the hurley sticks will be coming over. Um, Anya, she took hers over to Indiana. And um, I'll definitely be finding a, a wall or a person to pass me back the ball. I don't know. Lovely, team, you know <laughs> so you don't know. You don't know about what? A team. I've 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 had a look. There's not many teams in Phoenix. <laughs> you might start, you know, Sun Devils GAA club. <laughs> you know, get all the lads over painting houses for the summer. <laughs> we're in we in yellow jerseys. I wonder would uh, O'Neill supply me with those. I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will. Um, these are the most important questions now, Beth, right? Are you ready for the quick fire Q&A? Yeah. Deadly. What would your walk-on song be? Uh, my walk-on song would be Run This Town by Jay-Z. Have a listen. I'm trying to, I'm trying to remember who else that one was. I think that was Ronan Malarney's as well. <laughs> but it, but um, no, spot on. Gym or pizza? 
Jim, I don't really like pizza. I can't pretend that. Um, it's a deep dish is famous over in the States, I think. Um, hat, visor, or a Keelan Rafferty bucket hat? Bucket hat, definitely. Absolutely. Especially after the girl who won the annual this year was yeah. a bucket hat from one end to the other. It's class. Um, Happy Gilmore or Tin Cup? Happy Gilmore. I'm too young for Tin Cup. <laughs> I'm showing my age there with that question. <laughs> um, Lahinch or Port Marnock? Lahinch, definitely. Walker Cart? Cart. Win the Open or win the Masters? Ooh. Well, I should change that. I should change that to win the Evian or win the Women's Open. The Women's Open. Uh, Instagram or Twitter? Instagram. Play or practice? Okay. Deadly. Thank you very much. Um, I don't know if you've listened to any episodes of Penthouse Golf in the past. If you did, you'd know there's another question. Um, and we're going to set the scene, right? Like this, a hypothetical scenario. Okay, you've won the amateur now next week. And you've yeah. celebrated with everybody, right? And you're planning um, Beth Coulter's candlelit dinner for that evening. And you're at the top of the table. And you have three people down the right and three people down the left. You can invite anyone you want on the planet, dead, alive, fictional, whatever. Who is at Miss Coulter's candlelit dinner? Who makes the cut? Um, Kitty Taylor. Serena Williams. Um, I'm taking six people, am I? You're taking six people. Six people. So Katie uh, Taylor, Serena Williams, two hard hitters there. Yeah. Um, who else would I bring? I'd bring... Um, oh, Jesus, hard question, buddy. Uh, I'd bring my friend, Manis. Drunk mug. I'd bring. Um, I'd bring somebody funny. I'm trying to think. Colin Moore's funny. Tommy yeah. Tiernan's funny. I bring Tommy yeah, Tiernan. Funny. Yeah, Tommy Tiernan. Tommy Tiernan. Oh, do you know Tommy what Tiernan and Serena Williams in the same room would be a sight to see, wouldn't it? Yeah, I'd also bring. Um, you know, Jimmy Lee O'Donnell from Daggers? Good crack. I'd bring... Um, who else would I bring? Is that five? That's your last part. That's the like one person. Uh, and then I think I'd maybe bring... Maybe Erin from Dairy Girls. Would I bring her? Yeah, I'd bring Erin from Dairy Girls. Not deadly. And Dad can go shear and sheep that evening as well. Look, Beth, thanks so much for your time. I know you have a lot of travel to go ahead, but at least now you have a nice Stanford video to hopefully download and watch on your travels. Look forward to meeting you sometime and uh, and getting all the shots that I deserve of some of your caliber. Take it easy. However, we probably couldn't live any more northeast or southwest away from each other. Uh, well, I spend most of my time up around Kildare, Dublin. I was actually up in Kilkeel last weekend. Oh, really? Did you pay? We were visiting friends. No, I, I knocked into RCD Pro Shop and picked up a couple of bits. All right, you can't be that close and not. <laughs> no way. Here we go. Sure, take it easy. Safe travels. Thanks very much, Paddy. And that, of course, was Beth Coulter on this week's episode of Paddy Talks Golf, powered by 4Golf Custom. Uh, really interesting to know and what a character she is. 
but really interesting to see that she's still throwing it around the Kamogi pitch whenever she can. Um, so I hope you enjoyed this week's episode and got some insight into the women's game in Ireland and the top draw amateurs and professionals we have on these shores that they're getting such lucrative spots as well in collegiate golf in the States. I'm looking to get a couple more on in the coming weeks. Sarah Byrne, I'm coming for you. Um, if that isn't a call out, I don't know what is. I'm as bad as Conor McGregor sometimes. But uh, I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Please do share the show with your family and friends. Um, just a quick note, I have been lackadaisical on that promised second episode per week around Road to the South. Look, family's priority one, work of priority two, and this podcast of my own golf is, of course, priority three. But I do love you all and, and really, really appreciate you all pressing play each week. So um, I promise you all, uh, next Wednesday, 4 p.m., is Road to the South, episode two, and it's all going to be about preparing for Round of Golf. What I do, what all of you folks do as well. So thanks for engaging and let me know what you do. There's some hilarious answers in there, so I'll be sure to shout out every single one of you. And um, to thank you all for pressing play, um, I will be doing a giveaway. It is major week this week, the US Open is on, and I'm hoping Rory does it uh, between today and tomorrow. Um, but yeah, Road to the South on Wednesday. I do have some masters paraphernalia. Uh, thanks to the gents and ladies at 4Golf Custom for being at home for me. Uh, but we have some to give away. Markers and a hat and loads and loads of good stuff. So stay tuned to social media on Monday and Tuesday. And we'll let you know how to get involved in that and win some Masters Clobber. Um, thank you all for pressing play. Share the show. Leave a review if that's your thing. And until we do it all again next week. Uh, until we tee it up next time. I'm Paddy.